God is the God of the universe. God is the God of everybody. And that is what John was referring to when he said that the one that does not love does not know God. But the confidence that you must have in the word of God from within, that deep assurance, heaven is a state of happiness which comes as a result of living a useful life. The heavenly pursuit is usefulness. The heavenly pursuit is love. The wisdom of God, it is universal. It is universal because it does not belong to a certain sect. time we've been talking about consecration, 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 the consecration of the priesthood, isn't it? Yeah. So we spoke about the habits that stand in the way of we being filled with God. And as a result, we going forth to do his will. The habits that stand in the way. The habits that stand in the way. So we spoke about addictions. Amen. And how that if it is an addiction, if it is a habit, then there are spirits involved. Amen. Because if there were no spirits involved, then... As you said, you are stopping. You will just stop. But there are spirits involved. And those spirits have the assignment of holding you down and keeping you in that habit. And it is because such habits, uh, so long as they are present with us, we will not be able to live to our full potential. We will not be able to live to our full potential so long as these habits are with us. So then it becomes necessary to fight them, isn't it? Yeah, and the beautiful thing is that all that we have in the doctrine that God has given to us is enough to fight these things. Amen. Hallelujah. The word of God that we've been taught is potent. You see, when you are not facing things like this, and in your life you are moving up and down, you can believe any lie that is sold to you and say you are living by it because not much changes for you. But when you are fighting with an addiction, a strong addiction with legions behind it. Then you realize that um, the righteousness of God, when you say it, it will not change anything. Hallelujah. Some of us started our addiction when we were in the previous doctrine and we tried to use um, the righteousness of God. And I'm sure you realize that it doesn't work. Amen. Yeah, so... We have to be assured. We have to be assured that what the Lord has taught us. Some of us have been convinced that these things cannot be broken. That's relented. That's another tactic of the enemy to keep you from attempting 
to be free. That's another tactic of the enemy. Last week, we went to other habits and we mentioned how we present ourselves and then some other one. We talked about dressing and then what? Friends, company. Wow. Some of us also have friends and a certain company that we keep. A certain company that we keep that is habitual. So we are convinced we will not be able to separate ourselves from such company. Hallelujah. So addictions are not just sexual. Normally the sexual ones in society are sort of shameful. So those are the ones that we focus on. But anything that you know you must stop, that has become a habit. And because of that, the simple I'm not going to do it again doesn't cut it. Hallelujah. What do you think? Are there things that the simple I'm not going to do it again doesn't cut it? Yeah. And the more you try to not do it again, the more the pressure intensifies on you. And I'm not talking about external pressure. Internal pressure. It's the internal struggles. Hallelujah. I can see that some of you are smiling in a certain way. I think you are identifying with what I'm sharing. There's a spirit we must develop. I always say that some of us are spiritual dadabees. You understand? So we don't know anything. We just think that we come to church, ah, nice, nice, nice. Then we close and go home, oh, nice, nice, nice. That's not Christianity. Do you get it? That's not Christianity. Mm. Christianity has with its struggles. And the struggles are not the struggles of her. Now you are fighting your habit. Ah, the devil should leave me alone. Eh? The devil should leave me alone. Eh? No, that's not how. Have you seen an enemy? I mean, there are some enemies that when they are beating you up and you just show that. They leave you alone. Like on the playground, you just beg and they leave you alone. But the enemy... The devils from hell, they are not looking for your begging. Do you get it? See, the one that is beating you on the playground or your friend, somebody that is putting you down, your begging does something for the person. It makes the person feel good. Do you understand that? But what the devils are doing against you makes them feel good more than your begging. Do you get it? So even if you feel, ah, when this thing stop, when this thing, and you feel like uh, anybody that sees you will have pity on you. Yeah, not the devils. Do you understand? Yeah, so when it comes to battling these things, you don't battle them with such negotiations and charm. Some of us, we have charm. So we feel like, oh, I'm tired. Some of you, your charm is to cry. So you cry over your addictions cry over your addictions and you feel like by some means the enemies will leave you alone and God will help you. So it's your tears, the fact that you can cry that you are dwelling on. What do you think? But I'm sure by now you know that the tears don't work. And I, except your addiction started yesterday. We begin new addictions all the time. Oh, oh yeah, we begin new addictions all the time. 
Tell you your present addictions. It's just some few years ago that it started. You entered something and then it began. Some of you, when you're going up, were very hard working, but now you are the laziest of the lazy. You are you're very hard working before. So you've broken that one and you've picked up a new habit. Do you see? So maybe you have begun a new habit yesterday. Who began a new habit yesterday? It could be positive habit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, so if your habits have been with you for a while, then you know that crying over them. Crying over them is just temporary. You cry over them and you wake up from your crying and you feel like somehow you are fine. But you just have to wait a bit longer and you see that the habit has not left you. So when it comes to fighting, fighting these things, we need to have a certain mentality. It's a mentality of soldiers. Okay? And the desire, this is a feeling, see, in all this, I'm trying to, through the help of God, communicate a certain feeling to your heart. Some of us have not fully resolved in our hearts concerning the battle for freedom. We have not. So even though we are hearing that we can walk away, we can turn away, yes, we hear it, we imbibe the message, and we even seem to try. But somehow we know that there is a breaking point for us. Do you understand? Now that breaking point is not about the enemy, it's about you. And the pain you cannot take. So there's a pain you can take. It's like they catch some spy and they decide that they are going to question the spy. When you watch the movie, the spy, when they say, what is your name? Then the spy will spit that on the face of the interrogator. Then the interrogator will say that, don't worry. <laughs> or what is your name? The spy is quiet. Don't worry. Very soon, you will beg to talk. It's like no one is telling you to talk, but you know you say they should call the person, so you confess and then you move on. Because the pain, there's the assumption of the interrogator is that there is a threshold. You understand? There is a threshold that if he sends the interrogation to you, will break. Do you get it? There's a threshold. So all that he has to do is to keep chipping away, keep chipping away, till finally the pain becomes too much then you break. Do you understand that? Now, anybody that has a pain threshold, a threshold at which they will break, it means that that person does not want to die. There's something about yourself that you want to still keep. There's something about yourself. But from time to time, an interrogator will get one spy that the spy is ready to go the full length. See, so the interrogator will do and even become tired. Do you understand? Because this spy is willing to go all the way. Hallelujah. This spy is willing to go all the way. All the way. Or you can pull my nails, you can cut finger after finger, who wait for the next set of fingers to be cut, you can cut one of my legs, you can cut. We will go all the way. 
Now, we search people, eventually the interrogator gives up because no information is coming out of such a person. Now, that is how we fight the enemy. We fight the enemy to the end. Hallelujah. We fight the enemy to the end. He that endured to the end, the same shall be saved. We fight the enemy to the end. Hallelujah. Whatever habits, some of your habits may not fall within sexual ones, but you think that it's maybe something. We are looking at what stands in the way of priesthood. And those same habits, you find that when you try to stop them, there will be great hindrance. There will be great opposition. Amen. There will be great opposition. Now you have to have the mentality that you are fighting to the end. It's like a staring contest. You will not blink. There's an, have you watched a staring contest before? It's like tears are flowing and then the eyes are still open. You will not blink. Now this is the attitude you must have concerning battling the enemies that back your habits. Without this mentality, you will not win the fight. Now, that is the case. It will be like one who touches the plow and turns back. Jesus said that the one that touches the plow and turns back is not worthy of me. It's not that he says, go away from me. It means that you will not have what is at the end. Because the aim is not to turn back. The aim is to go all the way. And it is those that go all the way that obtain the prize. Hallelujah. And you know that the enemy is using something that you love. The enemy is tearing your affections for what it is that you are trying to break away from. So when the enemy can no longer stir your affection for that thing, you know that the battle is complete. So that's how you know you are done with the battle. Not when you see a vision or when, I don't know what else, you, you read the Bible and tell you you are free in Jesus' name. No, you are truly free when the enemy cannot stir up your affection. In other words, you are no more in love with that kind of habit or the satisfaction or apparent joy that that habit brings. When you are no more in love with such things, you are done. I know that some of us have not tasted this kind of victory before. But it is real. You could actually stand free. Hallelujah. I know this is like a message coming to you in the dark. Like you could actually stand free is something that because of the extent of work that has been done on your mind to get you to the place of despair. Just the simple statement that you could be free is something that is far from But it is the case. Hallelujah. You could be free. Because the enemy does not own you. Do you understand that? The enemy does not own you. There's a scripture that says that you were sold for nothing and you shall be bought back with nothing. The enemy does not own you. You went. Hallelujah. What do you think? You went. 
so you could leave. The only thing is that as you are trying to leave, it's like somebody that is trying to break up. Have you seen a breakup that turned into a makeup before? <laughs> a breakup that turned into a makeup. So you went to break up, but the forces, you could not leave. After you broke up, you couldn't leave the forces. By the time the forces were done with you, you were back in the relationship and you were planning your future together. You see, so when you are trying to break away, there are proposals, all kinds of submissions being made to you in the mind to convince you. Like some relationships, the person said, you cannot do without me. Like if you leave, you will not be fine without me. And that's one of the arguments. So a proposal on it will be written, you cannot do without me. You cannot be happy without me then it will be submitted to you. Then you say, no, I can be happy without you. Then another proposal will be submitted. You cannot actually stay away from me. As you are going, you'll be back. Do you get it? Then you say, oh, I will stay away from you. Then another proposal will be submitted to you. I beg. Now the guy that was doing, uh, the lady that was doing, you can't survive that. Now I said, I beg. I cannot live with that. It has changed. You understand that? Then you say no. Even if you beg, it's okay. Then there will be an argument that, okay, okay, okay. All the changes that you want, I will allow you. I will change. I will allow you to be a priest. You can still be a priest. You understand that? You can still be in the priesthood with this our relationship intact. Some of you went to break up with beloved that didn't like God. And they said that they'll come to church. That's a proposal submitted to you. Do you get it? You say, I don't want to be in the relationship with you because you are not spiritual. They say, okay, I'm going to come to church with you. What do you think? So some of you, you go every time and say, oh, we have patched our different. He will be coming to church. And I'll be smiling at you. You see, listen, every proposal that is being made is to work on something that is with you. Please understand that. And what is the point of submitting a proposal that will not stir something with you? It will not entice you. Do you get it? So as you are breaking away, all these things are brought to you to draw you back. And that is where the fight is. And this is that you love that will be stirred in order to bring you back, they are your life. And that's why breaking away from these things is equivalent to dying. Jesus said that he that seeks to save his soul shall lose it. But he that loses his soul for my sake shall have it. To break away from such habits is like losing your soul. Did you understand that? It's like losing your soul. That's how it is. And you need to appreciate it. So you'll be willing to lose your soul. No proposal submitted to you will be enough for you to give in. At times, a proposal, okay, you've made your point. It's okay. So come back. Point taken. And if your aim was just to prove that you could fight, your aim is not to end the fight. Your aim is to prove that you could fight. Some of you, that's what you do with your habits. You always want to test to see 
if you could come out if you wanted to. Then you stay with him. You go back to stay in the habit. Do you understand? Oh, what I'm saying is not with human beings. It's with dogs. Uh, yeah, it's with human beings. At times you are into things. Some of you, you are building up your own cage, little by little. You understand? You are in the cage. But from time to time, you come out to see if the day you want to come out, you could really come out. Then you say, oh, there's some strength. You check. There's some strength. Then you go back to build a cage. You go back to build a cage. You go back to build a cage. By the time you realize the cage is fully built, you can't come out. That's what happened. So the enemy will say, oh, the thing that you could come out. This addiction, okay, okay, you could even come out if you wanted to. And that's where you feel happy. And then you feel like, okay, then you fought enough. You can take a rest. What do you think? What is rest? Rest is go back into the addiction. Can you imagine that? So a lot of things will be submitted to you. That is why those who do not make up their mind that they are going the full length, for sure they will not. They, no, you will not break free. You won't. You won't. You have to make up your mind that you are going the full length. Hallelujah. You have to make up your mind that you are going the full length. You are ending this battle. And for sure, anybody that goes the full length and does it lawfully will win the battle. You win. It's not a negotiation. I know that the enemy can sit on you. It's almost like he has to give you permission to be free. But it's not true. It's not true. You break away, the enemy will have nothing in you. And it concerns all things. I know some of you, even with your dressing, it's an addiction. Because you have been programmed to see beauty in a certain way. So to dress properly is to not look beautiful. You see, that thing can clear from your eyes. Hallelujah. That thing can clear from your eyes. I feel, as I speak to you, my eyes keep going around that a lot of people have made a very strong attempt to dress well today. So that's powerful. Amen. Amen. Of course, you are sitting down, so I can't tell <laughs> to tell you. <laughs> I can't tell to tell you. But it's a good start. And at times, one of the difficult places of fighting in these things is the efforts that you yourself make together with these devils to rationalize the addiction. Because there are people who are addicted to pornography and masturbation who have gone on a research spree. And all of your efforts to research was to see something that says that this is normal and this is natural and that there's nothing wrong with it. So you find people that have written things, making such suggestions, and then you would still go on to look for preachers. You see, because those people, the first group are outside the church. You get it. But you would want people that are inside the church to also confirm. So for instance, I stand here and I talk about overcoming in masturbation and pornography and these things. I know there are people here that don't think that it's a bad thing. And it's because you went on a research spree and you found 
a devil to convince you that this is not bad. Hallelujah. But I don't need to rationalize this for you, for you to see that this is bad. My aim is that we want to be priests. You understand that? And constantly I'm presenting to you what it means to be a priest. If by bearing this load, you can still be a priest in the way that the Lord is presenting it to us, then bear it. You get it? So then there's no problem. Continue in your addiction. Continue in your habit. And let's, this one that I'm presenting to make sure you match it. You understand that? But if you are not matching it, if you feel inadequate, you feel unspiritual, so unspiritual that something that are presented to you, you can't even see it in the spiritual form as it is presented. You are so closed up spiritually. It's like you are just a lump of clay standing there. Then you know that there's a problem. And that problem, I'm telling you, is your habits. The ones you do from time to time is not anything. Once in a while you do something. The habits are the things that form you. Because those you do over and over and over. Hallelujah. So you find somebody that argues and then makes the point that this is not an evil thing. And you know, the world that we are in, any foolish habit, you find some professor that will justify it. You understand that? Yeah. Some years ago, to be transgender was a mental illness. But today it is not. You understand that? It is not. In many countries, it is not. And it is because of people that, and some of you think, oh, research is research, so it is truth. No. If research is research and it is truth, many of the drugs that are sold will not be sold. Even in science, many of the drugs will not be sold. But research is not research. Everything is money. Everything is influence. You understand that? If research were research, why would cigarette companies contribute a lot into cancer research. What do you think? If research were just research and you are coming up with the truth, is the same reason why, you see, now there are many things we don't know what to do with it. We were told that egg is not good if you eat it a lot. Then there's research that said that egg is good and then you must actually eat it every day. So now we don't even know what to do. And it's because it's business. You see, everything, was it yesterday? Ah, I was with Pastor Eno. And I was making the point that no matter what you put in place, if there's a human being in charge of it, you cannot expect that we arrive at the right place automatically. If there's a human being put in charge, you can't expect that. If there is a spiritually transformed human being put in charge, we can be sure. But aside that, we can't be sure. It's like they say, the way to save our country is that the institutions must work. But the institutions are worked by human beings. You understand that? Let the police do their work. The police are human beings. The police is not some, I don't know, robots. No, the police are human beings that will come and stand there. Release a lot of police into the cities and the communities and crime will stop. But the police are human beings. Get a lot of the police to the roadside. What did they come and do? They come and take money. That's all. Hallelujah. So, I know there are times we bring up research and funny, funny things. But 
anybody that wants such validation, you are on the wrong path. It is possible for you to know. Because if you were not looking to get to know God, if you are not looking to be in the service of God, in the priesthood, then Baal means, if you are not looking to be spiritual, if you are not looking to be Christian, then your addictions are fine with you. But anybody that seeks to be these things that I've spoken about, to be spiritual, to be Christian, to work for God, you will know for sure that these are the things that are stopping you. You will know. Nobody has to tell you. So you don't judge by what someone has written. You judge by what it is taking away from you. You now you know you want to get here. You can't get there, and you know that this is what is standing in the way. Hallelujah. Some of you believe that because you have been convinced that it's a bad thing, you have been made to feel guilty by force. So your problem is not that what you are doing is bad. Your problem is that society has made you feel guilty for it. Do you get it? So your work is to remove the guilt. So it's not that your habit that you are in is a bad habit. And therefore, it's standing in the way of you making spiritual progress. Rather, society is the one that is saying that it's a bad habit. And so if you can deal with your fear of society, if you can deal with that sense of condemnation that is being brought into your direction, then you can be free-minded to serve God. What do you think? That's another idea. It's a proposal. It's a proposal that is submitted to you. But again, if only we were to look at the proposal and not look at where we stand, how would you get rid of this condemnation? That's the question. Because then, okay, let's try and get rid of this condemnation. How would you do it? You need some kind of validation from somewhere, isn't it? And if it is God that you are looking to serve, then you need to find it with God, isn't it? So good luck justifying your habits with the word of God. You can't. You can't. You can't. Especially if you are honest with the scriptures. You can't. You can't justify it. So your problem is not that some people have made you feel guilty. Your problem is that you know the word of God. And because you know the word of God, you cannot go scot-free when you do these things. You can't. Because then the word of God will show you that this is the wrong thing. What you have been into is wrong. So you can't go scot-free. Does that make sense? You can't go scot-free. I'm intentionally going around like this because at times we can talk about breaking away from these things all that we want. But if you are not convinced, I've dealt with people that they came that they wanted to break away from these things. But as I interviewed them, I realized they came because a message had gone forth or they came because they feel uncomfortable with society as they are in their habit. So it's not that they are convinced. It means that if they found a society or a place where they could be part and that place, they did not frown upon such things, they will actually be fine. Hallelujah. 
And those people, do you know the interesting thing? Naturally, everyone is looking for their kindred spirit. Everyone, it's an automatic thing with us. We are constantly searching for who will agree with us because we feel more comfortable among those who agree with us. So we are constantly searching for people like that. They form our friends and all that. Kindred spirit. Everybody's doing that. So even if you think you are not, you are doing it. So one day, if you keep this mentality, one day you will begin to discover more and more people huh, that also believe that this thing is not bad. And then you form the clique. And gradually, you will leave your old clique that frowned upon such things in order to go and be amongst the clique that doesn't frown on it. You are gone then. Because at times, you can be so weak, it is the external voices that will help you. You understand that? Yeah. But now you have formed for yourself a new group. And those people agree with you in your evil. So people do that. I was talking to people that did that. I was talking to one guy. When I was talking to him, I realized that no, it won't go anywhere. And it's because he had found people and they had confirmed him in the thing to the point that he was too far. I was talking, but I realized that no. We need to do more things together in order for the person to finally see. And I said, okay, so we'll meet again. The person didn't come again. I looked for him. He was on campus. Hallelujah. So you find that at times our problem is that we are not convinced that it's a sin. We are not convinced that. But you can be convinced. You can be convinced. You can look at what it is doing to you. And the only thing that normally will prevent you from seeing what it is doing to you is that then they will tell you that it is the guilt you must get away from, you must deal with. So you think, okay, it's not bad, but you feel guilty because of what it is that we that we preach will tell you. I remember those days when we were talking about Ponzi schemes and Max International and those things. There are people that felt that, no, Ponzi scheme, Max International, there's nothing wrong. You understand that? There are people that believed it. There are people that believed it. I mean, those people, I knew that with time they will leave us because then we represent the voice that is trying to condemn them. You see, when the word of God, have you read that scripture before? John chapter 3, verse 19. Yeah. And this is the condemnation. The light is come into the world. See, this is how a man is condemned. Look at it. This is how a man is condemned. And this is the condemnation. The light is come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. This is how a man is condemned. These things here in this verse give us the ingredients for condemnation to take place. That for condemnation to take place, light must be present. Light. Light is truth. An awareness, a spiritual awareness of what it is that you are into. Hallelujah. So light must be present. The light is come into the world. Now, the next one. And men loved darkness. So that's the second one. So it's not just that you love darkness. Light has come. Do you understand that? But you love darkness. And it's not even just that 
you love darkness rather than the light. This is how condemnation takes place. Why? Why do you love darkness because of that? Because their deeds were evil. This is how a man is condemned. This is how a man is condemned. Light comes, but you prefer your darkness as against the light because you love the evil that you are in. And therefore, you are condemned. That feeling of condemnation also comes from there. There must be light. If there is no light concerning anything that you are doing, there is no possibility of condemnation. When you are in ignorance, you are acting ignorantly, you don't feel condemned. Condemnation comes when light comes. So you are into something that you were quietly operating in, and then a message came. Do you understand? The message is the light. Now you have been given a choice to make, to either choose the light or the darkness. Now, at that point, you are not condemned. When you decide to continue in that your life, in spite of the light that has come, then you begin to feel condemned. This is how people become condemned. Hallelujah. This is how people become condemned. So if you want to remove the condemnation, this is how you remove it. Hallelujah. Jesus said that agree with your adversary. Have you seen that scripture before? Agree with your adversary. See, in this context, the adversary is not the enemy, the devil. No. There is something that has made, because if it were the enemy, then why would you agree with the enemy? We must rather resist the enemy, isn't it? But Jesus is making a point here. Agree with thine adversary quickly. Whilst thou art in the what? Way with him. Where is the way? The way is your manner of life. Lest at any time the adversary deliver you to what? The judge. In other words, the light that you have received becomes your adversary because of what it is, the life that you are into. You are in a certain life that is contrary to the life that the light you have received presents to you. And in that situation, the light becomes your adversary. The light becomes your adversary in that situation. And Jesus said, agree quickly. Hallelujah. Quickly is not like, oh, immediately, even though immediately is part but it's presently. Do not dispute with the adversary. Do not try to rationalize your life and your evil, even though the adversary is telling you that this is a bad life that you are in. And you know the interesting thing? You know anything that makes us want to rationalize evil is not a lack of awareness of the fact that it is evil, but a present affection for that evil. Listen, it is not your lack of awareness that your habit is a bad habit. That is your problem. It is your love for it. That is what makes you feel like you should battle for it. Because what we love is what we fight for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So the feeling that it is just that you are being condemned by society and all that, that feeling, that thought that is coming to your mind is from the fact that you love your habit and you want to stay in it. And this is one of the ways to stay in it, to convince yourself that it is because people frown upon it. At times, even the one preaching falls into trouble. You said the one preaching is too uptight. Do you understand that? What's the meaning of uptight? Uptight. Stiff. Stiff. What does it mean? That I'm without feeling. Oh! No! <laughs> you see, these thoughts, what you are trying to do is to discredit me, isn't it? Yeah, why? Why do you want to do that? Why do you feel that it's necessary? What have I done to you? Why do you feel it is necessary? I'm telling you why you feel it is necessary. What is coming to you is trying to take you away from what you love. And it is your affection for what it is that you are into that is fighting back. And remember, that affection does not fight alone. The devil's connected. Remember, we learned that there's an open door. Wow. So let's, at any time, the adversary deliver thee to where? The judge. And the judge to where? The officer, and thou be cast where? In prison. That's the end of your judgment. You know that even in judgment after this life, it is the truth you have known. Those that go to hell are judged by the truth they have known. You know, it is the truth that they have known that reveals what sort of person they are. And through that, they go to where their life is. Hallelujah. They go to where their life is. Hell. Amen. It is always the truth. So the truth becomes your adversary. Amen. So we must always understand this. To come to the place that this thing that you are into is a bad thing. Is the beginning of your fight. Hallelujah. So today, I'm sharing with you on steps to break every evil habit. Okay? The first one is what I've spent all my time talking to you about. Recognize the bondage. Hallelujah. This is so important. One of the things that when you watch movies, they go for addict meeting. Say, hello, my name is Atutabika, and I'm an addict. You add it. I'm an addict. What are you addicted to? <laughs> My name is Pastor Ebenezer Odu, and I'm an addict. Then they say, you say hello, hi. You are welcome. You have to accept that there is a bondage. This is important. And, you know, this is like a normal thing. Ah, why would, no, human beings, we are sad that we don't easily accept that there is something wrong with us. Like you are in bondage to some habits you think it's just a blip. It's just something that, oh. like you have not accepted that the enemy is in your life. Hallelujah. You have not accepted that there is a doorway that is opened. 
into your life that allows for demonic influence as and when hell chooses. And remember, hell will always choose to work against what God is doing. So when God is trying to help you, hell will step in and try to direct your affections away from what God is trying to do. So to recognize the bondage is very important. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 17, the Bible talks about how that, say, because thou sayest, I am rich, and increase it with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, hallelujah, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. Say, you don't know. It's not that it hasn't come into your mind. You see, this knowledge is an inward recognition that this is your state now. I tell you, it can come into your mind, but you push it aside. You understand that? You don't admit it in. So you think that you are fine, you are rich, you are increasing with goods, and therefore you have need of nothing. My baby, this message is coming, you are blocking it hard. Hallelujah. Because you do not want to admit the bondage. But I'm also saying that there is a bondage there. Hallelujah. And it is not something that I'm saying from my mind. I'm describing to you the nature of a bondage as the word of God teaches us. If there is no bondage, then you should get out of it today. Hallelujah. If it is not a bondage, then you are actually out of it. Amen. If it is not a bondage. So me, I've not attempted to break away. That is why it is like that. <laughs> Some of you, you believe that you get there. You believe that about yourself, that you, anything you want to stop, you can stop. If you believe that, put up your hand. My message to you is that you are now coming. <laughs> and that what it is that you think you are relating to is not time of addiction. It's not a habit. It's just something. See, things can be there like something. Your favorite, you like wachi, but you say, I won't eat wachi today. You get it? That, that's not an addiction. Do you get it? But there is a kind of, you see, those that take cocaine, that's an addiction. Do you see? Now, it's not like, oh, today I will eat wachi. So if you don't eat wachi today, you will die. So if you don't take the cocaine today, you will die. You will die. You don't believe. It's true. That's the feeling. It's not, oh, I feel like taking this, but I won't take it. No. No. Then you don't know what you're talking about. Hallelujah. You must recognize the bondage. This is very important. Jesus said that it is those that are sick that need the physician, isn't it? Those that are not sick do not need a physician. And we know that Jesus is not talking about he telling you that you are sick. It's about you recognizing that you are sick. You understand that? Yeah. And it begins from there. Because there you mellow. You what? Mellow. You see, Jesus spoke about two men, a sinner and then a Pharisee. They all went to pray. And when they went to pray, the sinner said, Lord, I'm this, I'm nothing, I'm wretched. And then the Pharisee said, look, I'm not like this guy. Ah, two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee and the one what? A publican. A demon according to the eyes of men. Let's go. 
the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men. You shouldn't then have come to pray. Because our attempt to pray is that God will make us righteous. Remember, and remember, this is not normal, oh, God, make me righteous for you. No, prayer is your life, you understand? Before it is something you say. Prayer is your life. So, in other words, these are two men who are trying to break away from addiction. One is a Pharisee, one is a publican. The Pharisee, with his addiction, went and said that, Lord, I thank you that I am not like other men. I'm not an extortionist, unjust, adulteress, or even as this Republican. Wow. Then let's go. I fast twice in the week. Hmm. I give. <laughs> One day I was talking to somebody, say, all these bad things were happening to me. Then I went to God and said, Lord, I pay my tithe. How can all these things happen to me? <laughs> when you hear such things, you're like, hey, what are you talking about? But this is how people think. Oh, this is how people think. That like, you can present God, I pay my tithe. You're a carnal person. You don't know God. You're talking to somebody who's not God. Look. Like, <laughs> I pay my time. You know what Jesus said? So when you have done all this, say that I'm an unprofitable servant. I just did. Look, you paid your tithe. You gave what? Offering. So this thing can't happen to you. Or you think it's a good way of approaching God? You are presenting your case. You're a devil. You're a devil. Anybody that thinks like that is a devil. I'm not saying devil like you have gone to hell. Like I'm saying that now what you have is of the devil. <laughs> you understand that? Or, or, you guys are looking at, or you feel like you should be able to do that. <laughs> no. I mean, if you have imbibed all the things you have been taught, this statement, it should feel some way to you. Now, Lord, why is this thing? Why is that my business is not going well? Why is that my business is not going well? I pay my tithe. Like a transaction. Anyway, so I fast twice in the week. <laughs> Look, you see, sometimes, even if you fast twice in the week, your problem should not, you, how can you present? You should be, hey, listen, am I able to meet God? Am I, I'm trying to find God in the fast too, Charlie. Like, Charlie, but you, you're able to bring it that God, I fast twice in the week. I give tithe of all that I possess. 13. And the publicans standing afar off, so this another addict, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven. So two addicts went to pray to God. The first one has finished his prayer. <laughs> you see that he's not an addict, isn't he? Maybe he was encouraged to go and pray, but this guy clearly doesn't need God. What do you think? Maybe he heard that praying is good. Like maybe you come to jail, praying is good. So go and pray. So if you, that's what you are doing. Yo, praying is good, praying is good, praying. So you try and go and pray. No. Before we pray, we see that we need God. Then the next step is that we pray. It's not that they say we should pray. Then you go and do the, what am I even going to pray about? No, it is your need for God. The fact that you can't do without God. In every level of your life, that moves you to go and pray. That's why we pray. So anyone that is full of themselves, 
And it's not trying to overcome evil because evil makes you full of yourself and proud. So when you are in evil, you won't pray. It will not be something that you will feel, even though it will come to your head that you need God, you won't be convinced inwardly that you need God. Hallelujah. So this guy, maybe they said, oh, prayer is good, so go and pray. So his kind of prayer demonstrated that he shouldn't have even prayed. And that's how people fight addiction. They say, oh, we must fight this thing. But they have not come to terms with the fact that this is a bondage that they are in. And this bondage is destroying them. That part they have not seen. There's of you hear that may masturbate and you don't know that masturbation is destroying you. Find out. It's part of the steps. Find out. Just check your life before God. You will see. Check your life before God. Check your life before God. You will see. Some of you are adulterous even before you are married. It's clear. I'm telling you. It's not a joke. It's the case. Because remember, adultery is not just the action. You can commit adultery in your heart. Do you understand that? Yeah, so it's a principle first. It's a principle. It's a principle of feeling entitled to any woman and the desire for variety. And that desire, when it is uncurbed within you, and the only reason why you have not committed it is that you have not found opportunity. You are an adulterer. So you have not found opportunity means that you fear what others will say should they find out. You get it? Or you have not found anybody that likes you yet. Hallelujah. Yeah, like those things. So if you have not found opportunity, that's the reason why you have not committed that. Then you are that thing. You are that thing. Hallelujah. And these things are building you up for it. I tell you. That's what will happen. That's what will happen. So, it's not doing anything to me. It is destroying you. So if you have no spiritual feeling, you know what I mean when I say you have no spiritual feeling? Like maybe, in fact, God has moved across your heart somewhere. He said, hey! You don't know what it is. It's because your heart is made of clay. You understand? It's just matter, material thing. That's all. There is no spirit involved with your life. And the interesting thing is that these sexual ones have a way of making you very, 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 very material. It's strange. But you can have a chronic thief. You get it. Not so No, it seems like spirit to scatter. It's like some way that is possible. Like some of you, there are addictions with you that you won't even see now. Because somehow you're able to travel with it. Yes, in the future to ascend further, further. God will say, No, this one break away. But for now, it seems that you can travel with it. But Sexual addictions, you can't travel anywhere. Hallelujah. Paul said you sin against your body. What is your body? Your body is for expression. Yes, Adam. It's like a defilement of your body. Remember, your body is the temple of the living God. Remember, body is not just this. There's a body behind this one. 
from which this one is made. So all the part of you that are for expression, which is the lower mind, we learn the mind. The lower levels of your mind to the point where your body comes in. That's your physical material body. That is your body. That's how come the Bible said that sacrifices and offering thou does not. But a body has thou prepared for me. Now that is God when he walked the earth and he took on the human, isn't it? And you know that he didn't take on the human just with the material flesh. He took on the human in terms of the lower part of the mind as well. Without that, temptation would not be possible. So the body that was prepared for the divine is the lower mind together with the physical material body underneath it. Please, if you don't know about this, the levels of the mind is there. You can see the media people, they'll give it to you. This sexual perversion thing is a sin against your body. Do you understand that? And when you watch carefully, you realize that no, it's a different type of sin. Hallelujah. Please, it is not the only sin that can take you to hell. But if you are looking for sins that can take you to hell, this one is part. Because what is it that is working against? Love. And the union between love and wisdom. This is the basis of spirituality. That's like those who are into adultery and love adultery will not go to heaven. It's true. I know you may dispute, but he's a good person. He's a good person. No. no. Because the very fabric of the spiritual life, its beginning is love and wisdom combined. Adultery destroys that. Hallelujah. That is the reason why even with God, when he's talking to the Israelites, like in Jeremiah, he talks about how that they have played the harlots. They have gone to join themselves to others, and then they have left their husband, who is the Lord. They are playing the harlots. That playing the harlot is a spiritual separation from the Lord, eh? and to join yourself to other things. So the church, that must be the Lord's wife, which is supposed to be the truth with love within it separates themselves from the love, which is the husband. Please, in relation to us and the Lord, the Lord being husband is love. We've learned this. So we separate ourselves and we go and join ourselves to other husbands. Other husbands now becomes other evil affections. Do you understand that? So the truth which we had, we now put within it other evil affections and therefore falsify the truth. That is how falsification happens. That's how false doctrines are derived. When men commit adultery, when men separate themselves from God, who is the true intent of love that must be within our hearts, when we search for truth, when men break away from that and fill their heart with an evil desire, then the truth before them is turned into a lie. It's turned into a lie. So now they look into the scriptures, they must do the bidding of the evil that is in their hearts. May the Lord help us. They must do their bidding of the evil that is in their hearts. So this guy couldn't even look up to heaven. The basmut upon his breasts. <laughs> Hallelujah. This reminds me of a story my dad told me about a schoolmate. So, smooth upon his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. 
This is where we begin our fight. Hallelujah. Whatever it is that you are dealing with, if you cannot genuinely think this way about it, you have not started. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. So recognize the bondage. Hallelujah. Number two, be desperate for freedom or make the decision or vow that this, being desperate will involve the decision and the vow that you are coming out of this. Hallelujah. Or make the decision or vow. Establish the reason why you want to be free. All this is in point number two. Because to know why you want to be free huh, is part of being desperate for freedom. It will involve then your decision making. Counting the costs. Hallelujah. Deciding before you march into battle. You know that there is a bondage. Your next step is that this bondage must go. It's a necessary place to come to. When you recognize the bondage, huh? it's a necessary place to come to, isn't it? The bondage must go. This habit must go. Whatever habit it is, it must go. This demon must go. Hallelujah. This demon must go. Hmm. Last week the Lord told me that there are some of us here that have some special relationship with devils. Now, it's not like, ah, I want a devil. No. It's what some people will call spiritual marriage. You understand that? And at times it can be as a result of a particular habit or at times even as a result of certain things that have been done in the past, which you may not have been involved in. But remember, he inherited evils. Hallelujah. Yeah. And the Lord wants you to be free from these things. And the Lord will make you free. Hallelujah. I believe that the time will come. Maybe it has even started. Amen. But the Lord specifically told me. It was undeniable when he said it. There are connections. And these things, you see them, that spirit comes often. It's not like just one time event. No, it's something that happens. And it drains you. Some of you with your experience, when such spirit visits you, and normally such visitations is in your dreams or vision, they visit you, they leave you, Oh, by the time you wake up in the morning, you are weak. It's like a big door is open. If before, your door was a single door. Now it's a double door, both in and out. Like, it's a double door like that. Because of the activities. Last time I mentioned it to you. Did I mention it? How that time, when you wake up from dreams, is that you know that a certain last has filled you up. You know if you don't take care, you would actually fall into that addiction some kind of addictions, not even sexual. Every addiction has some of these spirits connected to it. And eventually, such spiritual activities or draw, eh? what kind of draw, like, it defines you. Hallelujah. It defines you in a weird way. It's like you are a normal person, but there's a certain weirdness attached to you in a strange way. Hallelujah. Some of you can just develop together with it a very destructive habit. A habit that maybe something 
like maybe when it's sexual or something like that, the good people that actually come into your life that maybe you could develop a very good relationship with into marriage, you throw them away. Like you develop a habit with it. Not that the spirit which when they say sack this gentleman or sack this lady. No. You quietly develop a habit that doesn't sustain relationships. You get it? So the previous habit is there, but you have developed something as a result of this one, as a result of the one that allowed for this spiritual connection to take place. You have developed another habit with it. That is an offshoot from the first one. You get it? And that habit somehow fights the good things that God wants to bring. Does it make sense? Yes. Anyway, so we go back. It says, be desperate for freedom. Somebody told me that. They, they don't understand. Everybody that, it's like, as they are moving about, eh, like a lady told me this, she doesn't attract good people, good guys. Every guy that comes into her life is not correct. She has not set out that hey, all the bad guys come this way. No. But somehow, anyone that comes is not correct. Vulgar. Like a sexual deviant. Some evil person that just wants to sleep with her around it. Like, I'm telling you, there's a spirit involved. Some of you, some of these things, <laughs> that's why we tell you dress well. It's not dress well because the when people see, they'll come close to you. No. There's a spiritual sphere that is cast eh, by the one that will not cover herself well. Remember, I told you that it's not just that you didn't cover yourself well or you didn't dress well, but there's a certain state of heart that you are using. That state of heart, when it becomes a habit with you, becomes the source of lust being thrown forth. Hallelujah. And it's not just dressing on being sexually distinct, perverted and all that. It can derive such things. So you find that those that also are not spiritual and are not able to hold themselves together, they are those that you'll be catching. What do you think? Yeah. And anybody that comes into your life cannot help but to make you into a sex toy or object or slave or whatever it is. All that they see about you is that. It doesn't make sense. All right. So be desperate for freedom or make the decision or vow. Establish the reason why you want to be free. Hallelujah. Number three. You must believe it is possible to break free. You must believe it. Hallelujah. It is possible. Like, because if you are going to fight and you don't think the enemy can be overcome, you might as well stop, isn't it? Yeah, you have to believe. And how do you believe? The word of God told you, if you have faith as small as the master seed, you can say to this mountain, Hallelujah. The Bible says, resist the enemy, he will flee from you, isn't it? Yeah. It means that the enemy can be fought. Amen. 
And remember, this is not an enemy that is separate from your own desires. It's an enemy that is with your desires. So you'll be fighting your own self. And Jesus said it. He introduces the conflict because of the presence of the word of God. The conflict where a man is turned against his father, his mother, and all that. And this battle is winnable. Hallelujah. When he told the disciples that it is very difficult for those that trust in their riches to enter the kingdom, the disciples said, then who then can be saved? Hallelujah. He said, it is easier for the camel to enter the eye of the needle. Those that trust in, it's true, because those that trust in their own wisdom, it means that you are in evil and you are rationalizing the evil, isn't it? That becomes your wisdom now. How can you be delivered? But Jesus said something. He said, with man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. Including your coming out of this habit. It is possible. With God, it is possible. With God, and this is the fight. We are fighting with God, with his principles. With God, it is possible. With God, it is possible. Ha, ah, it's too difficult. It's not possible to come out of this. With God, it is possible. This is a mindset you must maintain through the fight. That it is possible to break free. Whatever it is that you are addicted to. Some of you are addicted to gossiping. You can't stop. Some of you are addicted to sowing seeds of discord. Somehow you derive your happiness and your good feeling from it. You think it's not possible, but look, human beings, when the devil, it depends on where the devil will meet you. By the time God meets you, you have things. Hallelujah. I think you sow it. You don't say, I'm going to sow, but it's your life. Yes, that's what you do. That's what you do. And you keep doing it because it gives you some satisfaction. It may be from a desire to endear yourself to people. And in order to achieve that, those that do that have a possessive spirit. So then they will sow things to break that person away from whoever it is or whichever group, and then keep that person allegiant to himself or herself. It's a habit, though. But that doesn't fall within addiction. I actually believe every evil we must overcome is an addiction. Amen. What do you think? Yeah. So believe it is possible to break free. This is number one, three. Number four understand the bondage or the enemy. Now, this is very important. Now, some of you just, ah, I'm breaking free, I'm breaking free. You close your mind. No. As part of your battle, we are not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. We are not ignorant of the devices. So, as part of your fighting and your desire to overcome, you must understand, okay? You must understand the bondage itself. You must understand the enemy as he operates that bondage. You must open your mind to understand. 
Hallelujah. You must seek to understand how this bondage is working with you. How it is operating with you. When it is trying to come. How it comes. How it takes over. The kind of things that when it begins to rise up in you, it shows that this bondage is coming. Steady is data gathering. Because one thing that the enemy knows how to do is to pull a surprise on you. You can make all your resolve. But it's like you go to sleep forgetting that you made all the resolve that you made and then engage in the addiction. When you finish, then you remember that you were the one that said you would never do these things again. Hallelujah. What do you think? So it's like if you had any show, let me tell you, if you had remembered that you had programmed your mind in church, like you forget all this thing that you are hearing in church. That is making you like Charlie, you are excited, you are ready to fight. You forget all this and finish with the addiction and then remember. If what if you could remember these things with the energy that it presents when the addiction is coming? What if you could remember that it is coming to take away your birthright? The enemy that takes your birthright does not announce that it's your birthright that I'm taking. It announces that it is your friend. Ah, I'm your friend. I'm just bringing you happiness. I'm just bringing you happiness. Hallelujah. What if you could remember these things? You could remember that you were the one that decided that for whatever. The cross before you. You are the one that you are going to Golgotha. Do you know what the scripture say? Say, let us go unto him without the city, bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Hallelujah. Let us go unto him. Let's do the previous verse. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, that's to become a high priest who can do this for us. Hallelujah. Suffered without the gate. Let's go. Let us go forth therefore unto him. Hallelujah. This is how people talk about identifying with him in his death. Do you understand? You identify with him in his death. This is how you identify. You go also to Calvary. Hallelujah. Let us go forth therefore unto him without the camp. Bearing his reproach. Hallelujah. Let's go. Bearing his reproach. For here... Have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come, the spirit city. We seek one to come. We seek one to come. See, this is powerful, isn't it? Makes you feel like, hey, we are seeking for a city. We are seeking for the city that is above every city. We are seeking for the heavenly Jerusalem. My feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Wow. Psalm 122, verse 1. My feet shall stand within thy gates. Oh, Jerusalem. I was glad when they said unto me, Hallelujah, let us go. Do you know when they say unto that, let us go? When the message that comes is that let us ascend the hill. Let us turn away from our evils. So you are glad. Hallelujah. We will break away. We will fight. But when the enemy comes and you don't study the enemy well, you will see that by the time you have forgotten that there is a gladness, there is a joy, there is a city, that is above, there is a heavenly Jerusalem, there is a spirituality that you have been called to, 
the price, the high calling of God, you forget all those things. All that you say, you want your happiness now. Hallelujah. When Esau finished selling his birthright, he remembered that he likes the birthright. Some of you that's what that's what the enemy does. By the time you finish giving him, then you remember, oh, you wanted to really ascend spiritually. You really wanted to be spiritual and walk with God. Then I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Verse 2. Our feet shall stand within thy gates. Oh. Jerusalem, our feet. Do you know the feet? The external part of us. That is where we turn away from evil. We exercise circumspection. That it shall stand within thy gates. The gate gives entry, isn't it? Oh, Jerusalem. So you must understand the bondage. Amen. You must understand the bondage. You must understand the bondage. If you understand the bondage, then you go to the next one. The next one is what? Faith. Okay. Begin to exercise circumspection. We learned about circumspection last week, isn't it? Yeah. Be wise as the serpent. Begin to separate yourself from the evils that will stir up the addiction in such a way that you cannot walk away. So you can't walk away. Be wise as serpents. Now this follows from understanding the bondage, isn't it? You know that this bondage, it comes through this other thing that seems unrelated, but it is. Some of you have a desire for validation. A strong desire for other people's validation. And that is why you're addicted to sleeping with people. Because you think that in that, there is some amount of validation. Some of you are looking for people's validation. That is why you are addicted to dressing in a certain way. You find, okay, is the dressing you must stop? Or is there sleeping around with people that you must stop? You get it. But then when you understand the enemy, you say, no, it's validation. You understand that? So you begin to deal with that one as well. To not take steps that those that seek for people's validation take. Because remember, the desire for people's validation is in the heart. Every desire instructs you. All these things you've been taught, every desire instructs you. So if you want to affect an evil desire, you can't touch that desire in your heart. It's beyond you. It's only the Lord that can touch that desire. The way for you to let the Lord touch that desire is for you to disobey the instructions that that desire gives you. So the desire for men's approval and validation, it makes you do some things. It instructs you to behave in a certain way. What you do is to not follow that instruction. Hallelujah. What you do is to not follow that instruction. That's what you should do. So you begin to exercise circumspection. You begin to separate yourself from the serpent that seeks to turn you away from the instruction that God has given to you. Amen. You begin to walk away because you know that the serpent will hurt you. You know that this one if you allow it in, it's a venom. It will grow and grow and grow till it overtakes your life. Amen. This is number one. Do you understand this point? Yeah, I think that with the many things we've said, some of these points don't need explanation. Number six. Now, this one. Wait for the enemy 
to hit you harder and harder. There's a part in battle that your enemy too will throw his shot. Hallelujah. Yeah. So you are doing all these things. You shouldn't assume that because you are doing all these things, the enemy won't come. See, you must wait. You see, the reason you must wait is that so that when the enemy comes, you know it's the enemy. You see, normally we don't know. We feel like we are just so in love with this thing. We don't know it's the enemy that is hitting us harder and then pushing the agenda. So you wait for it. I told you I was asking someone that I was helping. I was asking the person whether the fight has become mad. Because it would. It's ignorance that made you think, oh, in me, like, oh, how, how is the fight? Oh, it's been one week, nothing. So it means that oh, then you have become cocky. Eh? Wow. The enemy is coming. Hallelujah. Winter is coming. What do you think? Do you know, I don't want to underestimate the kind of fight you are fighting, but if you position yourself well, you could actually in anticipation. I know some of you will be afraid. <laughs> With time's coming. No, I'm talking you could anticipate. Like you know it's bloody. Because you've already finished. We are dying here. This is where we came to die. On this battlefield is where we came to die. It is battle glory that we are looking for. Yes, and we came to die. So the moment you sort yourself out, the fight itself becomes something you anticipate. But what the fight, what will you do? The furthest it can take you is death. You understand? And you are willing. You are willing to walk with the enemy to the end. Hallelujah. So begin to wait for them. When the enemy will hit you, wow, you will shake the enemy off. What's the word for it? Odish. <laughs> They say, ah, is this what the enemy can do? We are done with the fight. No. You go on with your life. But here, 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 at the back of your mind, you are waiting. You keep engaging. When you, when you finish, it's like you are done. So you go back to the world before you are praying. This you are praying, seeking the Lord. It's a lifestyle you do to the end. It's not a lifestyle you do so you can get rid of your addiction and move back into your usual regime. No. Hallelujah. Yeah, but how can one sustain it? Even your filthy life, you could sustain it. How much work? No, sometimes something feel like it's not possible. But born in the moment, you me sustain him, and yeah, fine, to us to come Eh? It's true. It can be sustained. You pray to see God. Why? It's like, isn't it normal? It's like air you breathe. You need air to continue. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. So you wait for the enemy. You hate, then you resist. You resist. Keep waiting. The enemy will come again. Will come through another method. The battle will build up. And it's not in a day. Then why hit the next day or the following day or a week later? Because maybe from there you became busy with other things. You understand? But when you rest small, the enemy comes again. But you are ready. Prepare for the enemy to hit you harder and harder. And all of it, Udish, you are not allowing. Amen. Amen. So you wait, please, this is important. Wait for the enemy. 
wait for the enemy. Hallelujah. Wait for the enemy. I told you the enemy doesn't fight in a lawful way. This kind of fighting that you find, uh, you know why America lost the Vietnam War? It's because this battle, the enemy comes and then you also come. Then you fight, uh, and you win. The Vietnam War wasn't like that. You couldn't find the enemy. You understand? You couldn't find. You want those movies, those days, when we were younger, a lot of the action movies were Vietnam kind of thing. Someone is in the tree, someone is testing about five soldiers. You understand? That's all. It's not, it's small, small. It's called gorilla fight. Yeah, small, small. Corner, corner. We come out, we hit you, then we move. We come out, we hit you, then we move. That's how the enemy fights. There's no order. If there's space, you come and hit you and run away. So you also have to be vigilant. Be sober. Hallelujah. So you wait for the enemy. Anyone that waits for the enemy has a very good chance of defeating the enemy. See, here, then you learn an interesting lesson that a lot of the fighting is in being circumspect. Even though, like, the temptation will come, the things surrounding it normally are the reasons why you fall. So if you wait for the enemy, the enemy can't trick you. The enemy can't... Oh. Many things. Amen. All right. So, wait for the enemy to hit you harder and harder. Number seven. Resist every stirring of desire whilst at the same time committing yourself to the Lord. Here, see, I think from wait for the enemy to hit you harder and harder coming, we enter into the technicalities. Here, if you miss some of the technicalities, you may not win the battle. Remember, I keep adding that if you fight lawfully, isn't it? Yeah. If you miss some of the technicalities, you may not win the battle. And this is a very important technicality. Resist every stirring of desire. Remember, that's where the temptation is. The enemy stirs up the desire for the evil. Resist every stirring of desire whilst at the same time committing yourself to the Lord. The second part is very important. If you don't do it, by the time you realize you are resisting it in yourself and for yourself. Hallelujah. It is the Lord that made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. That is our mentality. So in this fight, in this resisting, Reference must always be made to the Lord. My face looks up to thee, thou lamb of Calvary. Gee, that's why when you read the psalm, even in the struggle, the psalmist is crying unto God. Without this second part of crying unto God as you resist, the resisting is no more something you do with God. And with time, you give in. The enemy just wants you alone. The more you include God, the more the enemy will lose. So this second part is a technicality. Please, I want you to pay attention. Some of you want to use this as a way of showing that you are something. You lose. 
That's why anyone who has overcome anything knows that it is the Lord. You can't lift yourself. You can't be, you are just there quietly because you know that the thing, it was the Lord's intervention. So I took steps against, I resisted, yes. But that resistance was not a guarantee that you will win. It is the Lord stepping in that guaranteed it. Your resistance only allowed the Lord to come in. Hallelujah. So that's why we resist. Resisting is to keep the door open. Remember, the enemy's aim is to keep the door shut. That's the door to the Lord. Do you understand? So the enemy wants to keep the door to the Lord shut and open, keep the door to heaven opened. Now your resisting is an attempt to keep the door to hell closed and the door to heaven open so that the Lord will come in. When the Lord comes in, then the victory comes. Remember, when the Lord comes in, then the victory comes. So every resisting must be done with the mentality that the Lord must come in. So it's not an arrogance that stems from your own personal ability to win a fight. It is an understanding that the Lord must come in. The Lord will help you without neglecting the part that the Lord has given you power to do, which is to stand your ground, to resist the enemy, to resist in temptations. You don't neglect that part. So resist every stirring of desire whilst at the same time committing yourself to the Lord. The Bible says that Jesus, when he was tempted, when he was reviled, he did not revile back but he committed his soul unto the Lord. He committed his soul when he was reviled. Now that is the lesson. In every battle in temptation, we commit ourselves to God. Do you think it's possible? Or our minds will be so occupied with the resisting that we, there's no space to at the same time look to God. No, there is. We are made for such a move. Amen. Amen. So resist every stirring of desire whilst at the same time committing yourself to the Lord. At this stage, the fight becomes bloody. And depending on how deep, see, the, the various things that have formed our habits and have become addictions, they are adept. Because it depends on how you have been involved in them. Some of you, your sexual addiction has not reached the place of sexual perversion. You understand that? So you fight still and you come up. But the enemy you fight is different from the one whose own has turned into sexual perversions and have graduated into things that are abominable, but the person wants to do in sex. Please understand that. It's like strange, strange things. Now, to get out of there will require a stronger fight. But the interesting thing is that all of them can be fought. No matter, and that's what Jesus has done. You see. Remember, we learned when we did what? Christology? That there is no depth that a man sinks that the Lord cannot reach out to him. It's not possible. But you must understand the fights are different. That's why wherever you are in your habits, 
the good advice is that starts coming out now. The advice that tells you that, oh, you could wait, like, oh, you eventually come out, then you are taking it slowly. No. That advice is not a good advice because that advice is coming from your not being willing to give up that habit. And the more you continue in that habit, you will even be more unwilling to give up that habit. So wherever you are, you stop now because evil seeks to grow. It seeks to expand it. It's like a cancer. So it will eat and eat and eat into many things. But then realize even a simple thing you are doing is connected to many other things. Ah, and it gets to its root, which is your initial habit or your initial addiction. Hallelujah. Yeah. Some people can't have sex with their own wife. You see? You think that, oh, eh, it's not that, like they want to, but they can't. They don't want to. You think that it's just sex you like. Do you get it? And anyone that is willing. You get it? So why is that your willing wife you don't want to have sex with her? What do you think? What has she done? You're willing or you don't want to have sex with her. But you are sexually attracted to others. How is that possible? Some things have worked against you. You have dug the hole to the point that now it's affecting certain simple, simple things. Like, yes, have sex with your own wife. Now it becomes a problem. Hallelujah. So if you don't arrest the enemy now, even simple addiction can appear in your eating. Like, it started from addiction, but I realized something about it has now connected itself to your eating. Now, where it started from is totally far away from food. But now that addiction has eaten like a cancer. Now it is in your throat. Hallelujah. That's why we must fight. That's why we must fight. Maybe now the addiction has not succeeded in moving you aggressively away from God. But it would. It would. It would. It would. Some of you before had a very strong spiritual feeling. I, I know I speak to someone here. A very strong spiritual feeling. But you don't have it again. It has been your quest to recapture that feeling. It's like a youthful feeling hmm, that you could easily turn to God, but you can't find it again. You can't, we've organized plenty of programs, you can't find it. A certain tenderness of heart that you could easily sense God, you can't find it. Some habit took you away, and you've gone so far, you don't even know how it left you. It took you away. But God can help you with that. God can help you with that. So if you before, the heart people, now you can't even speak from your heart again. You can't speak from your heart. Like speak from your heart, you can't. Before you could speak. You see, these are things you say, ah, but speaking from your heart, you, you check. When was the last time you spoke exactly what was in your heart? When was the last time in your speaking, you were not so concerned about Things around said that you were tailoring your speech to 
what was going on and playing politics with your speaking and all that, and your heart was very far away from what you're saying. Hallelujah. So that's why we must fight. The last point. This, again, lawfully. So as you do all these things, the last point. So this point number eight, right? Always understand that ultimately it is the Lord that will save you. Always understand that ultimately in the midst of the resisting and all the things that you do, it is the Lord you are giving the chance to save you. You are allowing him to come in and save you. Always understand that ultimately it is the Lord that will save you. Ultimately, it is the Lord that will save us. Hallelujah. So you fight, you fight, you fight. You fight. But ultimately, it is the Lord that will save you. And when the Lord has saved you, you will see that he has taken that stony heart and he has given you a heart of flesh. He has given you an understanding that is resistant to the venoms of the serpent. He has taken your serpent and has turned it into brass. So you see that you now have become very much, listen, listen to some of the things that show that you have overcome. You have now, now you know that the enemy can't stare your affection like the way he used to. Then you have come to the understanding of how evil that addiction is. All this one, you know it's evil, but you don't know it well. But when you see what it is, because part of your never being attracted to it uh, is the fact that you see it for what it is. So the enemy, the snake hiding in the grass has come out. So now you can see clearly what the enemy is and what the enemy seeks to do. Hallelujah. So you get an understanding of how evil this thing is. That makes you averse to it. It makes you against it. It makes you hate it. So it's not just that you withhold your love from that habit. You must also have hatred for that habit because of what you seek to do against God. You understand that? Ultimately, it is the Lord that will save us. So we fight, we fight, we fight. And I can assure you that if you fight this way, you will win. This is not guesswork. This is sure. You will find that then it's up to you now. This is not guesswork. Then you come to the place that the psalmist talked about. He said, when the Lord turned again our captivity. Have you seen that scripture before? When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion. We were like them that dream. Hallelujah. That's how the feeling is because in as much as you resist, you resist, you resist. It's like that fight that 
You fought her, you fought her. And the enemy is coming. He said, back down. He said, you won't back down. Do you understand? And then the enemy is coming, you won't back down. The enemy is coming. He said, you die, you, then you won't back down. Then you just stood your ground when you open your eyes, an army from your back. Have you read that movie before? I saw the enemy didn't come and override you. An army came from your back to destroy you. So you said, it's a movie like that. The guy was just standing there. Because he had made that, he said, Game of Thrones. Ah, it's that guy. What's his name? Jon Snow. You see. So it's like, that's how the fight is. See, it builds up to the point where it's like, you die. Okay. So the enemy is coming, but you are standing. And God comes in. So you open your eyes and say, hi. It's like a dream. The affection is gone. Look, may the Lord give you that taste. May the Lord give you that experience. Oh, it changes you. That's when you prepare for the next fight. Because you now have the key. You prepare for the next fight. Because such a victory, when you taste it, it's unbelievable. And the psalmist tried to explain it here. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. It was like a dream. Not that they didn't do anything and they were sitting there. No, they were resisting. But you see, ultimately, it is the Lord that must save you, isn't it? It was like a dream, verse 2. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the hidden, the Lord had done great things for them. Hallelujah. May the Lord do great things for you. Hallelujah. In this fight, may the Lord help us. May the Lord bring us out. May the Lord take us through the wilderness. And may the Lord bring us through the waters of Jordan. And may we inherit the land. In the name of Jesus. May we have the courage to fight. May we have the courage to stand our ground. May we have the courage to purge ourselves from these things. May we have that courage. No matter how overwhelming the attack is, no matter how overwhelming the feeling is, may we have that courage to stand. Stand our ground, resisting the enemy. The Bible says that they love not their lives even unto death. May we also not love our lives. In the fight, may the enemy not smell this thing with us. That we love our life. So even though we behave like we are fighting, we love our life. So we will stop in the middle. So he only needs to continue with us till we get to that threshold. May the enemy not smell this thing with us. Because truly it will not be with us. May we take the enemy to where he is not willing to go. May we take the enemy to extent that he is not willing to go. May we go the full distance and may the enemy stay behind. May the Lord help us. Ah. 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 May we taste victory. May we taste victory in the name of Jesus over every bondage, over every evil habit. May we take the victory that the Lord desires for us. May we taste that victory. 
In the name of Jesus, may the Lord strengthen us. Every one of us, may the Lord strengthen us. May the Lord give us an awareness of our situation and the dire condition that we find ourselves in. May the Lord shine his light upon us. Whatever reveals is light. Whatever discloses that which is hidden is light. May the bondage that has remained hidden be revealed. In the name of Jesus, may it come to the light. 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 Like the prodigal son. May we come to ourselves. May we come to ourselves. That this is what we have been eating. Food that is meant for the swine. Abominable thing that we have been ingesting. May we come to our senses. And may we rise up and begin to make the journey to our father's house. In the name of Jesus. May we come to ourselves. May every pride die. The pride that makes us stay in our evils without seeking help from the Lord. May that pride die. May that pride die. May the fear of shame die. In the name of Jesus, may we see the bondage. May we see the chains around our wrists and our feet. In the name of Jesus, may we see. May we see. May we recognize the enemy. And may we gather ourselves for battle. May we begin to organize ourselves for battle in the name of Jesus. May we begin to prepare for battle, a battle to the fullest extent in the name of Jesus. We will not give in. We will rise up and fight. The Lord shall be with us. We will not bow. We will not bow. We will stand our ground. Our God shall deliver us. And even if he does not deliver us, we will not bow. In the name of Jesus, we will not submit to hell anymore. We will not become instruments of hell anymore. Not when we are seeking to be instruments of God. In the name of Jesus, we take our lives away from hell. We take our lives back. We take our lives back. There is no room for hell. We take that room back in the name of Jesus. And we begin to prepare it for the Lord. We begin to prepare it for the Lord. In the name of Jesus, the enemy will not destroy us anymore. The enemy will not destroy the vision of God for us anymore. In the name of Jesus, there is a turnaround today. There is a turn around. 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 The spirit of the Lord is coming upon you. There is a turn around. Strength is coming into your heart. Strength is coming into your heart. Strength is coming into your heart. There is a turn around. There is a new resolve in the name of Jesus. The Lord will help us. Holy Mashagra Dusi. The Lord will help us. 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 
by two immutable things. We might have a strong consolation by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. We might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entered in into that within the veil. That is where we are going. We are going to that which is within the veil. We are going to the top of the mountain. That is where we are going. That is the heritage of God. This is our heritage. The heritage of the sons of God. We are going for what is on the mountaintop. We are going into that special relationship. That special koinonia. That special connection with God. That is what we are going for. We are going into that which is within the veil. We are breaking through the veil of the flesh. And we are going into that which is within the veil. 